Hey there, folks. It's episode number 98 of the Unicast. And today, we are celebrating the sad, sad farewell of the Observer Dispatch's Carrie Bostick before she heads out to the beautiful shores of Nantucket, Massachusetts. Uh, We're also talking about the 129 people who've already filed to run for president. We're talking about history lessons. We're talking about some terrible parents, some great pranks against artsy types, and of course, uh, television to get you angry. All that and more, folks. Episode 98. Uticast, baby. We're here. sitting on the table at the studio and yes. I, I get excited for playing cards I, I was thinking about it last week I got stuck somewhere and I wish I had a pack of playing cards in my my man bag that I carry with me all the time and I can't believe I don't well there's two decks here so put one in there for next time you get stuck wherever you're stuck trying to play card games well because I have like the nice Utica Club or the Saranac whatever cards that you guys I bought from the brewery yeah and those are nice, but I don't want to take those around because they're almost like a showpiece. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like they're going to get ruined if I take them out. Uh, if you can, if you lose a card, we got you on extra cards. Where do you buy cards. playing cards now? Uh, just about it. They were at Walgreens. Okay. Walgreens. You can go anywhere. They sell them just sort of like, you can get them in like a gas station, I think. Heather, what's your card game of choice? Uh, well, yeah, spades. Spades? I, I don't play know. that with okay. my... Um, Babysitter. <laughs> I, was I don't know if I know which one's spades. That illustrates a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> See, Kev was talking about starting a pitch league. As a guy who went to Proctor, pitch is in my blood. You should, you should start. One. Yeah, same in Notre Dame. We played a lot of pitch when I was in high school we for did. money, and we got a lot of trouble with the nuns. That oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of gambling in Catholic school. We legitimately got banned from playing pitch in the Proctor cafeteria because we were losing significant amounts of money. Yeah, like same. significant. We yeah. weren't allowed to bring dice or cards to school. <laughs> That's we got stuff. You got caught with dice or cards, you get a detention. They call your parents because mm-hmm. we were all just gambling. Kids were losing money. That's funny. We never did anything um. like that. <laughs> we're boring. Uh, Heather, young cast probably isn't at this stage yet, no. but I have what, the kids. gambling stage. No, no, no. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I have kids in, in and I deal with in school, right? Mm-hmm. And they do stuff that me and my friends did when we were idiot kids. And I find myself in this position where I have to be like, now, now. Don't tease your friends like that and call them names. That's not nice. And I'm thinking that was pretty funny. Yeah. But she burned them good. How do you do that <laughs> without, without laughing? <laughs> well, because like, that's what I think about. Like When I used to have my niece and nephew around when I was in Nyack, right? My niece was two. and uh, or, She was four. I'm sorry. My, she was four. My nephew was two. And you have to, like, she drops it on the floor and, like, pick it up to eat. I'm like, no, no. Put that back down. Don't eat that cookie that you dropped on the floor. Then she'd leave, and then I would eat it. I know. I I stopped Kaz from... I just let him eat off the floor. I'm done trying. (laughs) He's going to do it. He finds it, so... Uh, Well, welcome back to the show, folks. We've returned. Episode 98. 98 episodes. Um... I've sort of convinced myself that I'm I'm not doing anything special for 100 anymore. Why? Just, I feel like it's... I feel like what's, we're going to keep doing 101 the next week anyway. Yeah, 100 is nice, though. It's nice to have 100. But 100 is something. You have to. Mm. No. I don't know. I don't know. It used to be a celebratory episode, like every other episode. It was like, and I can't believe it this week, episode 12 in honor of, like, the 12 uh, anything. I know. It was the 12th of the 12 episodes. The 12th of the yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so episode 100 coming up. 98, though. 
Strong year, strong number. I was just thinking about 98 today because we were watching old wrestling from 98. Heather, you're back. You've returned. Uh, did you come directly from your trip uh, to Cape Cod? No, we, I was home for an hour. You're home for an hour. take a shower. You go on more adventures in like your day-to-day <laughs> life in like a month than I go on in a year. It's very impressive. And you have a child. I, I commend yeah, you. It was a pain, but yeah. <laughs> He's never been to the ocean, so we're like, let's see. <laughs> Take him out, throw him in. <laughs> How long were you up there? Uh, three days. Did you? Yes, no? What? Did you enjoy it? Was everything? No. No. <laughs> no. I no. Wish, no. I wish no. I could say I enjoyed it, but I'm exhausted. It was a long trip. I was with Zach's parents. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a long, long. <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast <laughs> so people could have seen you know, the way you you acted that scene. I was very good. Go ahead. No, no. It was very good. It was, nice. it was um, beautiful. No, it was exa- It was it was cool. Like I mean, it's nice. I'd like to go up there with friends or something mm-hmm. in the summer or something. But yeah. It was exhausting. All about wish... who you travel with when you go on trips. Yeah. And the weather. It was rainy up there. Yeah, it's it a down there. Yeah. It's cold and we're by the ocean. And We did uh, Ogunquit, Maine mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And uh, it was the first time as an adult I went like on a big family style vacation with like my sisters and yeah. their kids and my mom and my aunts and all that it, I understood finally as an adult like the struggles of trying to pull something like that together and like track like all the oh. nieces and nephews down and like it was a that's what it was like it, it was, was mad every night there were like 20 people or 25 people there and it was just exhausting that was the trip that I got solicited by that handsome gentleman at the beach when I snuck away from my family at 2 in the morning what? Yeah, uh, so true. yeah, Ogunquit is a very uh, LGBT friendly community. Okay. So uh, I snuck out from the family to go smoke a couple cigarettes. Anyway, uh, my mom would get mad about that. Um, so I we went, won't tell her. I went, don't tell her. It's fine. We went down to the beach. Uh, so I'm, I'm sitting on there by the beach. I'm on the phone with Kevin. And I'm just like, yeah, man, just out here, Maine, you know, kicking it. And this car pulls up, and I'm like, oh no, I'm in like a lone parking lot. That's even he was afraid it was going to be the police. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone, why am I alone and talking on the phone? Yeah. He's like, I got to tell the cops I'm trying to run away from my family, and they'll yeah. yell at me if I'm tobacco. So uh, this guy pulls up, and it's not a cop. It's just a solo gentleman with a handlebar mustache and a wife, like in a wife beater style tank top on, who's uh, curious what a handsome young man like myself is doing out here by myself. <laughs> did, you, did you do run? I would have ran. I told him that I uh, was on the phone with my. My girlfriend, right now as we speak, and uh, it was nice to meet you, but I gotta go, and I walked away. It was quite the, <laughs> it was quite, quite the vacation. Oh my lord! Uh, the least, the least relaxing moment in the entire trip. Quite, <laughs> quite a moment. Uh, so I hope that didn't happen to you while you were in no, Cape Cod at all. No, I, mean, I was in bed by eight thirty. So. Did you do any antiquing or any uh, funny shopping? No, I, was I didn't even like, get to do any of that. Literally, it was like entertaining. The she's whole got time. a kid, and she's with the in-laws. She didn't get to do anything. No. no. <laughs> Uh, survive. He eats five survived. times a day, so I'm like, it's time to eat. We've got to get back and feed him. Cape Cod's not too far away from where our guest for this week, Carrie Bostick, is moving oh. in a week and a half. Did you guys know she's leaving she's the OD? She's moving? To yeah. Where is she moving out there? She is moving to Nantucket. Oh, it's beautiful. I've heard Nantucket. great. Well, that's, like, beautiful there. Yes. So. Yeah, she... She's she, going to, like, the best part you can go. She's very excited. <laughs> she talks about it a lot during the interview about uh, one of the things she really enjoys about this new location is she... Uh, fancies herself somewhat quirky mm-hmm. and I think that she sort of appreciates this town's sort of quirkiness and quaintness yeah. and uh, she seems very excited although we are sad that she's leaving and she is very sad that she's leaving uh, the city as well we'll get into that and uh, maybe one of the longest interviews we've ever done on the show yeah we went in for a long time also pull pull the curtain back a little bit we give out trophies for uh, people who've been on the show for two times it's called the two timers award we've talked about it many times on the show they're up above the thing over there. there's only one left um 
A lot of times what happens... You're on the show now. You don't get a show. Oh, oh. Yeah, you're, right, you're a cast now. You and, you and Parkinson... Like, you know, where's my... Sorry, you're the help. Yeah, no, you you're and Parkinson and Katie and, and everyone else doesn't get him. Cliff doesn't get him. It's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. No, uh, but what happens a lot of times is I'll give people the trophy during the interview for because they don't think they're getting anything and it's yeah, usually a good reaction. And what'll happen is, yes, exactly, they'll leave the trophy here... After the interview's over, they're like, oh my god, this is so great, thank and you. Like and then they'll it. forget it's here, and then they'll leave it. I'm like, oh, well, great award on the table. So, uh... It seems like one of those things where people are like, oh, this, here's so this. Oh, I forgot it, no way. Yeah. Let me tell you about <laughs> Carrie. I couldn't have pried it out of her hand. She walked out the door, she held oh, she on to it, tight the whole time. One of the few That's people funny. who actually kept it. Uh, I, I think Mark Piersma has his at the office as well, That's if funny. I remember correctly. He does. That's one of the only things in there. <laughs> it's the only thing in his office. I've been down to see him. He keeps it very, very simple. Mm. Uh, all right, so very quickly before we get into uh, the rest of this week's show, uh, May 20th, we've talked to you guys many times about the Franklin Square film series and our showing of Back to the Future for free at Franklin Square uh, with the help of Nomad Cinema and Bite Bakery. So I'm not going to get into that. I heard, oh. I, well, go, go ahead. They got their license. They're drink, you can get drinks there or something? I haven't heard that yet, but if oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, if you haven't yeah. heard, um, it's oh. been, it's been yeah, clear. Yeah, I thought I saw it on Facebook. The oh. city has helped out and passed a resolution so that our friends at Woodland Brewery are going to be able to come down and serve beer at the Franklin Square Film Series. Which, they'll be oh, doing uh, Maiden Brunica cool. for the second year, the Maiden Brunica Signature Beer. Yes. And they'll be selling beers uh, down at the film festival this year. And did I also year. see something about Riggies, too? I'm sorry, I'm all about. Food. It's Utica, so at some point I okay. assume Riggies are going to get worked into this thing. Too, well, too, but I just thought it was kind of cool. It's just could, a matter of time. You can pick up Riggies. drinks and have a drink and watch it, watch a movie. Well, I was excited. I was going to say uh, before the movie uh, on May 20th, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., we will be holding the Maiden Utica uh, Utica Passport Release Party. Uh, so it'll be live music. We're going to have some games. You can pick up your passport a week early. And again, as we mentioned, Woodland, Woodland will be there serving uh, the delightful Maiden Brutica. Uh, I'm very excited. How many people have beers named after him? Eh? Eh? I mean, a lot of people aren't here now. Not too many people I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mike Beck came in here uh, from the Utica Zoo one day talking about how he was very excited about the beer they were getting. And I was like, yeah, okay. All right, settle down. Slow your roll, buddy. Yeah, I had a beer. I got a beer. <laughs> uh, Mike Beck, uh, not one of the 129 people who have already filed to run for president in 2020, oh. but I, I might vote for Mike Beck. Uh, do you have proof for that? I feel like he might have filed just for <laughs> insurance purposes. Uh, sitting on domain names. Now, to give you some context, last year in 2016, there were uh, 1,700 people who had uh, registered to run for president. However, last year was an election year, so it made a little more sense. Uh, a lot of people running, uh, already putting their name in the hat, including one very important name. Do you know who that is? No. Our current president, Donald Trump. Of course. He is already... He's uh, already, he's already talking this, like he's going to still be president. This so. scumbag. <laughs> he's already released a video. <laughs> so weird. Oh, was nightmare ends. No, he released his first ad for 2020. I swear to God, this is not, I didn't make this up. Uh, and it's about what he's accomplished in his first 100 days. <laughs> I know, I swear to God. <laughs> this is real. Have you seen this? This is amazing. This, I don't know how I've missed this part, but... Oh, no, it's real. I uh, missed all this. He got turned down by every major news network, like ABC, NBC, CBS. They're like, we're not running this, because it's like... It's this horrible, like, poorly put together ad that just, it calls them all, like, fake news and, like, graphics saying, like, the fake news doesn't want to talk about my accomplishments. Then they're like, dude, we're not running this piece of garbage. You haven't done anything. What is going on? What world are we living in? No, it's a six ad world. You ever seen Daria? This is what our life is like. Six Six ad world. Yeah, no, it's where we are now. Uh, Speaking of where we are now, uh, as I mentioned, 129 people, including Donald Trump, uh, have already uh, filled out... um, paperwork to apply to run for president in 2020. However, 
there are a lot of names that are already be thrown they're being thrown around because we live in a perpetual news cycle now and people only care about politics when it's an election year. <laughs> so now we have to yeah, plug in get good now. So now we gotta plug in all these bullshit election stories to feed the media cycle. Because we live in here. a nightmare roller coaster with no brakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So these are, I swear to God, these are some of the names for people who are being thrown out who are potentially, but not admitting to, running for president. I'll tell you. Number one, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has been acting very weird. Yeah, I, uh, he's I, I read an article where he was like going around places like... Uh, he was in somebody's home recently and brought him like a nice bottle of oh. wine. Oh, there's videos of him uh, with farmers. Yeah. There's videos of him holding baby kittens. There's videos of him interviewing U.S. military special forces. Pretty but, soon there's going to be videos of him pledging allegiance to Hydra, I think. Yeah. Like, it just <laughs> yeah, seems yeah, it's not great. Like he's gearing up for a supervillain run. Um, and there's all these pictures of him with the people with the gear strapped to their face and... He's like yeah. monitoring everybody. He's I still feel better so far with him than who was current president. Then, so then, I'm not feeling would you, would you, weird about this. So you upset. take Zuckerberg over yes, Trump? That's a tough so one. I don't know. But it feels like, but like Trump is already the president. If you have to pick one, yes. But it still seems like another step down this dystopian nightmare. <laughs> yeah, who the just, fuck are these well, people that we're elected? Yeah. I'm gonna give you two more names, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna frame this up. Uh, here's another one. Uh, CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, is also interested in, uh, maybe potentially interested, as is Howard Schultz. He's the CEO of Starbucks. So if you had to choose between the three CEOs to run our country in the future, you're taking Facebook, Disney, or Starbucks? Piece Facebook. of cake. Piece of cake. Starbucks. Starbucks. If you look at the way that Starbucks runs their company and the way that they take care of their employees, provide a livable wage, health care benefits, and a corporate structure, mm. and pull people in, the way that that dude runs the business, Ooh. and like, yeah, they're still oh. a large multinational corporation, different things go okay. on, but their core fundamentals, they're the only people talking about being good, and, like, all they do is sell coffee. Like, Facebook is, it's too much. You know too much. You have too much information. Dark. That's too much, Darkness. like, cyborg. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not having it. I don't know. I'd have to read about how Starbucks runs. You should read about the coffee. You might have sold me on Howard Schultz. Actually, before. honestly. I'm still with Mark until. Honestly, <laughs> so. though, as somebody who's, like, into, like, retail and in the business of, like, you know, caring for people and customers, it is really interesting to read mm -hmm. about, like, their culture and the way Starbucks kind of mm -hmm. is. And one, it's one of the reasons I think they kind of get a pass for just, like, yeah. Burning down neighborhoods with It's Starbucks. a shame that their coffee's terrible. Yeah, it's, it really yeah. is. It's really not very good. It's funny, yeah, you can make all this money on terrible coffee. Yeah, it's true. Because people aren't drinking it for taste. The people, people are, are drinking Starbucks, they're drinking it because they want to have of a branding. cappuccino or whatever. It's because of the branding, of it. yeah. Branding is strong. Uh, all right, here's a couple names. These are obvious ones. Uh, Joe Biden keeps saying he's not running, but he keeps showing up. At too friends. old. He's too, too old. old. Yeah. He should have run this time. Uh, Liz Warren still out there saying she wants to run. She's not way too on the other. Bernie Sanders still she's, too old. She's a specialist. She's an operator. She yeah. needs to be in the Senate. Yeah, she can't just, do anything yeah, in the middle. I'm with mm -hmm. you on that. Bernie's too old. Uh, Bernie's too old, unfortunately. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Al Franken? He, he seems to be that. harping off at the mouth a lot. <laughs> I want. No, I he should just serious or back in comedy, but I don't think. I like Al Franken. I but like him, but I don't, I don't want him running the country. He's too no. much of a. He's serious, but then he's too goofy. I don't. I can't. I feel like I know I a lot know. of people that are like kind of sarcastic and funny that are still smart enough. He's been in Congress for a long time, and he's done a lot. Like he's got a pretty impressive resume. He's not coasting by his laurels. I don't really see him being enough to win in the whole country. But it's interesting that he's even in the conversation for a guy who literally started as a writer for SNL. Like it's crazy that. People even float the name. He did spend a lot of time. You know, he, he's most of the time he spent now has been in the politics politics yeah. world, though. You know, he's he's a very smart guy. I've read a couple of his books, and I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, it's just, tough, man. I, we could just freeze Bernie Sanders' body and then <laughs> like, thought at the next election. Then uh, I would just I, go with Bernie Sanders. I love everybody. Bernie. See, my problem with Bernie has always been I can't tell if I've been. So 
sucked in by the Larry David connection. Like I just love Larry David so much, and when they did the SNL, <laughs> when they did the SNL Larry David thing, I can't, I can't disconnect was, Bernie Sanders. I could never go back. I, I can't go back. I know. I know. I know. I, c- I could just for the sake it of makes... what's going on right now. <laughs> I would take. I'll take anything, but no. I would take Larry David in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat. It'd if be you the most... could pick somebody. Oh, well, I've always said that I would just want it to be someone smart. Like, I want it to be, like, a scientist. Yeah. Like, like I, I always say an easy one is Neil deGrasse Tyson, although it's that like, kind a, of a very generic thing to no, say. No, it's not generic. That's a, that's a generic. I, I guess I would, there you go. I would just want someone who's... <laughs> yeah, but not as president. I'd want... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, no, that's kind of what I mean, though, right? One of the biggest problems we have in the country right now is that our president doesn't know a goddamn thing about being the president or policy. Right. Like, you can like people, but this cult of personality is what But no, ideally, like, right, like, I can see for, like... The caring so, of what he cares about and how passionate he is about that. Someone who's up there who is passionate about. I want someone progressive, right? I want someone forward-thinking. I think that yeah. someone who cares about the future and things thinks in that way is a good choice. The problem is, if you put Neil deGrasse Tyson out against John Kasich, who is a reasonable Republican, you have to go with him because he's an actual politician yeah, who knows what exactly. he's doing. Right? That's And I even as a Democrat or someone who doesn't tend to vote red, I don't Why? like to associate with either party anymore, but... Uh, you know, I would have a hard time voting for a celebrity over a real-time politician yeah, still. Do you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day. So. There you go. Um, one person who was not on this list was soul singer Lionel Richie. But you are going to hear a <laughs> Lionel Richie song uh, introing uh, into Carrie Bostick. What a transition. Maybe Lionel you should Richie. rob it. I should. <laughs> I, I, I think you have all. I'd like to. Yeah, yeah. If anybody wants me to run, I'll, you know, if, if, there's, your... if there's support, I'll run. You, Negative advice. If the people president. will it, I will run. I would you well first off we've jokingly said on the podcast that you would be an excellent mayor. Uh, I think that's less of a joke as it is more of a something we can talk about in like 10 15 no, years. I'm 10 to 12 it. years, 12, no. 14 years. Sometimes I'm, I'm very busy right now. <laughs> You're I busy man, I know. I truly I truly I wouldn't I don't have the time to commit myself to learn how to do something like that and actually raise the fundraising. You're I go to the mayor's involved, gala if you are. Yeah, mate. I'm saying I my lifelong dream has to be the the squirrely number two to a strong leader. So I'm very think, excited. I don't know if you have the killer. I'm gonna be someone's campaign mm. manager. You're you're a sweet PR guy. you're a sweet person at your core. You don't have you can't be that Aww. Doug Stamper and just do the dirt. You know what goes on behind these. You this microphone really? hides a lot of my my shadows. I'm saying, I'm scary yeah, guys. You're so edgy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, here's a Lionel Richie song as we lead into Carrie Bostick uh, talking about quirkiness, uh, her great times at uh, in Utica with both the OD uh, and the players of Utica, and her future in Nantucket. Uh, one of our longest longest interviews. Uh, again, we're, she's also the only person who's ever warranted two. Theme songs, one in the intro. I was just gonna say she gets an intro song too. Intro song and outro song, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's what happens when you get a farewell show from the Udi cast. Uh, Carrie, thanks for everything. Here's our interview. We'll be back in just a moment. I've been alone with you inside my mind. And in my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. I sometimes see you pass outside my door Hello Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes I can see it in your smile You're all I've ever wanted And my arms are open wide I should know just what to say And you 
He's a college, he's either a college professor or a high school teacher, and he's preying on one of his students. And she, I know she's got the hots for him, and he reciprocates that, but it's like today it's totally creepy in context. I'm curious what school and what class (laughs) hired Lionel Richie to be a teacher. You know what I mean? And it's like, wait a minute, but I think he's like the theater teacher too, which is like. A whole other level well, of what what is happening here. The, the best part about that for me is mm-hmm. when he turns the bust around, yeah. or she turns the bust around yeah. to show it to him, and it looks like someone injected like <laughs> like, like Botox uh, something Botox into his, into his head. Yeah. It's so big, his head is massive, and it's yeah. like wait a minute, is and, and you then know, you're like okay, I guess. Also, yeah. how would she know what his face felt like? <laughs> like that deeply? Do you th- yeah, that's true. Had she that implies that she had already felt, felt his, his face a lot. To make that sculpture, because I mean... Now, I'm going to assume if you're blind and you feel mm-hmm. somebody's face, you're probably like... You get a general Daredevil idea. superpowers, where you're probably better at it than I am. Like, right. I, I couldn't touch anyone's face and just know that it was them. And I don't think anyone would want yeah. me to. But <laughs> still, if you're trying to make an accurate likeness, whether you're painting a picture or whatever you're doing, you usually refer to something. Mm-hmm. That's why they have studio models for like learning how to paint or sculpt new models or whatever. I That's... Uh, so I, I've been around art mm-hmm. growing up, right? Like, yeah. I, I would, I'm not a photographer, certainly, although I like to take photos yeah. and shoot video. I was never a good painter, but I like painting. I was a right. musician, right? Yeah. Sculpting yeah. is the one, though. I remember I used to go to mm-hmm. the, um, the, the Met in New York City all the yeah. time. I was living down there, and they had that beautiful sculpture garden. Mm-hmm. And there's something about, like, marble sculptures it's where just I, it's just thing. like, man... Not only is this like, if, mm-hmm. if you paint something, right, and you have a brush stroke, you're like, ah, how do I, how do I fix this, mm-hmm. right? If you're sculpting something out of marble or granite and you screw that up, it's like, whoa. Well, yeah. That was well, uh, 10 years of your life. You're never going to be back. Yeah, might as well start again because it's all over now. Uh, great. Good job. Uh, Carrie Bostick, how are you doing today? How's it been? I'm not doing great. Thank you for coming in on this uh, Sunday, at the eve of Sunday morning mm. on the on the, the cusp of the afternoon. Yes. Here. I have to tell you, I'm a little neurotic this morning. You've caught me in, in, a, in a very strange moment. Um, my soccer team was oh. playing a very important game right before you came. Mm-hmm. And my rival soccer teams are playing a very important game currently. Mm. So you're right in the middle of primetime soccer. This is, are, you, are you a sports person at all? I, soccer is the one thing that I care about. So mm-hmm. I played for 11 years. Okay. I don't really follow it per- professionally now, mm-hmm. but I I really love a good game if I can catch one. Yes, so I'm very, so... I feel your pain. Sunday's big soccer <laughs> day for me. I talk about this all the time, but that's okay. I was mm-hmm. glad to have you come over. I really was very, very adamant that you come join us before you uh, you head out for Nantucket, which sadly we'll get into in just a few. Yeah. In a few. Uh, couple things I want to get into first. One, mm-hmm. uh, I was doing my professional journalistic research on the way over here. Uh, was your birthday recently? It was like, yes, it was. Was it like two days ago? Yeah, it was, one, it was Wednesday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank Happy you. 29. Yep. What are your thoughts on 29? From a, from a man who's been past it, I, what, I'm curious what your thoughts on 29 are. It was really funny. Um, I'm fine either way. I don't really care. I have friends going all the way up to in their 70s, and it's not really a problem for sure. me. But um, we were in the newsroom the other day on my birthday, and there are a few people that are either reporters or photographers over the age of 30, and they all basically told me at length 
that your entire body starts to cease to work as yes. it, as you know it oh at God. 30. And I'm like, well, thanks, you guys. Like, I got a year left before I die. I don't know. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure. I, okay. I get hurt doing innocuous stuff hmm. all the time. And I'm, I'm 31. I'm almost I'm closer to 32, actually, okay. at this point in time. But So here's a good one. And right. I don't feel bad about saying this. Let's just say a couple weeks ago, I may or may not have woken up a bit late for work. Right? Okay. A couple minutes late yeah, for work. Yeah, it happens. So I said to myself, I'm not going to get a time to get a proper shower. I'm going to have to dip my head in the sink and wash my hair and just wear a big sweater. That's, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not proud of it, but it's a thing that happens. So now I know if I ever see you wearing a big sweater, that's what's really at big, play. Big Christmas sweater in the middle of June. That's me. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I lean my head into the sink to, to wash yeah. the hair, you know. And I pull my head back up, and immediately I'm injured. Like my neck oh, is, no. I've <laughs> I pulled something in my neck. I can't turn my head to the left or right. I'm like, oh, that's mm. like a, that's like an old timer's problem. Here it comes again. <laughs> really innocuous stuff. If you sleep funny, I'm a weird sleeper. I, I do contortions, and it doesn't. I make sleep any on my hand like I'm some huh. sort of small animal. I don't understand. Are you trying to type in like a past? I don't lifetime? know. I just I, I can't <laughs> help it. I'm always hands up to my face. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, mm. But yeah, I wake up all the time with injuries that have happened in the oh, sleep. Geez. Um, just sometimes I'll be walking and just mm. feel something pop. You're like, oh, that's something. Yeah, yeah. get ready for it. It's exciting. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> I'll give you one piece of advice, though. My wonderful my wonderful sister, Kelly, from mm-hmm. Chicago. Uh, she's about, I won't say how many years older than me she is. She's older than me, though. Okay. So I, tur- I was turning 29, and she called me on the phone to say happy birthday, and we had one of our very nice, long, hour-long conversations. And she said, how do you feel about 29? And I said, you know, it's mm. whatever. You know, it's weird. Last year in my 20s. Blah, 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 right. blah. And she gave me some advice about it, and she mm-hmm. said, "Don't stress about it because thirty is bullshit, right? And you'll right. get and you'll get to thirty, and you'll go, oh God, oh God, here it comes, and then the next day you'll be like, oh, it's exactly the same. Yeah, everything is the same. But I, twenty nine tends to be a year that people spend dreading thirty, right? Like a lot of people sit in that year going, oh God, this is mm-hmm. like the time where the I gotta end like is coming. the end. <laughs> yeah, I gotta like make a decision about life and like." I did fall into that trap for a certain okay. time of my 29s, and then in the end, I'm like, eh, what is it? I'm almost 30 years old. What am I doing? You know, so so don't do that. You're okay. obviously doing very well, so. It'll <laughs> be fine. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, I just like to party, so it's all good. Did you do anything fun for your birthday? Um, well, we it's kind of been coupled with the farewell aspect of things, so it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, we actually went to Five Wits yesterday and did all the escape rooms oh, okay. and various themes, so that was awesome. Huh. So that was something I'd really wanted to do last year. Really? And then due to whatever circumstances, right. it never wound up happening. Mm. And then this year, I'm like, well, I'm leaving town. I need to actually do this. And we had a great day. Carrie, I had not seen you in a while. I know. Last time I saw you uh, since the podcast, I did see you at the panel, which yes. is probably the first time in a long time I'd seen mm-hmm. you. Uh, and by the way, thank you for coming to do the panel. Uh, it's it's an exciting experience to do the panel. Um, I had Christina D'Amico mm-hmm. on last week, who was also on the panel with you, mm-hmm. and uh I was discussing with her some of the joys of working with the public and the unpredictability of... <laughs> it was an interesting panel. <laughs> did, you, did you have a good time on the panel? Did you enjoy yourself? I did, and I felt like there was only one question that I shouldn't have probably... Maybe shouldn't have addressed just because I only understood and wanted to talk about half mm-hmm. of the question, and then I got to the second half of the question and didn't have much to offer. Which one was that? That was Uber, and I just oh. wanted to like tag in... I wanted to tag in Alex Gerald, who was really the only person at the paper that would know... Can I, more about it in depth because that's just not my area of expertise. So I need to apologize to you about <laughs> that. Um, when the conversation came up 
and I'm standing on the sidelines, which mm-hmm. I have a hard time doing because I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> so whenever people are talking or doing the panel, and because I did the panel last year, I feel mm-hmm. like it's my baby sort of. So yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like looking at Aaron, I'm like, have you never seen her let me go? I'm just gonna let myself. <laughs> you know? So they're doing the media thing mm-hmm. and the bus thing, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, like we talk about this, th- we talk about Uber all the time in the podcast. Right. So I'm like, I leaned over, I walked into Aaron, I'm like, hey, maybe this is like a good segue if you want to bring up a discussion about Uber, right? And then I walked away, right? right. I didn't even, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even know you were out. there. I didn't, know, I didn't know you were there. I yeah. snuck right into the side and I was just like, yeah. listen, I was like, it's a good segue if you want to bring it right. up, right? And I do think there's a conversation to be had about it. The problem is I walked away <laughs> for about five minutes and then came back and I must have missed the whatever. The entire Uber Yeah, whatever. Oh, I just caught the end of like what set it off. Yeah. Um, and I got in a conversation with Mr. Parkinson afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that sometimes, you know, he's very progressive in his views about, mm-hmm. like, we got to, like, look forward and not, like, lean right. back. And I'm, I'm sort of the same way. Like, I, I came from, like, Brooklyn where there was Uber was everywhere. And I could see where it could be successful here. But right. I'm not going to – I don't know enough about, like, the legislation <laughs> aspects of it. To and, get, yeah, I don't yeah. know anything about um, personally I, dealing that with that. I don't think it's the worst idea to mm-hmm. bring a, an upstart business of some sort no. in just to try it out. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but, yeah, that was <laughs> – I just basically, I had a really good experience with a cab driver right after Stella, like the day after Stella on that Wednesday. And he like was off duty. I was walking back to my car at the paper, which had been stranded there. So we'd all walked. Some of us had walked home. Some of us had walked to a hotel. I was like a mile and a half away. So I went and then my friend was like two and a half miles away. So he stopped off at my place and then continued it on. But I was I got this ride back from this man named Cornell who was not even working and just saw somebody and he was like, you know, there was the outpouring of humanity in the storm, like in the wake after the storm. And so he gave me a ride, was telling me about his long day hours. He, they work like 14, 16 hour days, oh like God. the cab drivers around. Here. And that's all I wanted to share was that they're really hardworking. Mm. So I don't know if Uber would maybe help or hurt. I don't I don't really know. I, I just wanted to put in that. Two cents. See, for me, I come from this New York City context where it was like the New York City cab drivers, like the yellow Mm -hmm. cabs and the green cabs and the MTA. It was like this huge monopoly for such a long time. And there are so many people who are using it that it did sort of work. It's like you have your yellow cabs and you have like sort of a private-ish company doing Mm -hmm. their own thing and there's enough to go around, right? right? My thing has always been, and I'm not here to bash anybody, I don't think the Ace Cab does a bad job. I just think Mm -hmm. they don't, there's not that many cabs. There's only like right. three. There's just there's not that many of them. They and maybe that's more why cabs. they have to work yeah. fourteen to sixteen hour yeah. days. I don't. I don't know. You. I, I would but, think to myself like maybe get a couple more cabs because it seems like yeah. you guys are always busy. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing. So I guess that's yeah. what people have been telling me. Uber mm. might help speed things up. I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah. I think at least if you were doing a test thing, that would be interesting to see how that pans out. One of the other things that came up during the discussion mm-hmm. that I thought was fascinating was this. One of the things people see, there seems to be no centralization in where people are getting information these days. Yeah. Uh, especially around here. I think it's an interesting dichotomy with mm-hmm. this city and the way the size of this city is and the right. demographics. It does seem like a little bit of a disconnect where people are getting their information sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like, uh, and I don't mean it in a good way or a bad way, the mm-hmm. people who read the OD don't always overlap with the people who do Made in Utica stuff, who don't always right. overlap with the people who watch like KTV or UTR. And it seems like... I wonder what could be done about that or if anything mm. could be done. Or maybe it's not supposed to be done. Maybe it's supposed to be that way. I think you just kind of have to hope. I mean, we I know as a news person, we, we look at all these other mm. mediums. We're looking at everybody else's stuff in addition to our own. 
just to kind of at least keep tabs on most of the content going on out there, most of the stories being told. Um, but it's funny because there was one woman that had never heard of the Levitt Amp Music Festival. Yeah. Which I'm like, I know I wrote about this a million times. Other people wrote about <laughs> this a million on the times. Show. <laughs> I actually Facebook lived a bunch um, from the event just on my free time because I thought that was something important to yeah. try to generate some conversations about. It's free music, people. It's right across from Munson. Can't be more centrally located if you tried. And well, she had ne- there was a woman who had never heard of it. And I'm, I'm like, well, now you know it exists. It will make you wonder, it's like, where do you get your info from right. that nobody mentioned this? Because I know so many different sources covered it, right? right. And it's just, uh, it's Everyone covered it. Everyone, everyone covered it. Like, everyone covered it. So I'm not oh. sure if she was on vacation somehow during <laughs> all of that or just, I don't know. Uh, so you sadly are uh, leaving the Observer yeah. Dispatch. How long were you there altogether? Um, six and a half years. Six and a half years. I went directly from McDonald's to the OD. <laughs> I, I put in my notice before oh. I even got a call that I had gotten the job, <laughs> actually. Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So six years at the OD, uh, you're leaving now for the Nantucket Inquirer and Mirror is the yes. name of it. It's a great Indeed. name, by the it's, way. It's yeah. awesome. And with 30 miles of uh, water between mm-hmm. the mainland and the mm-hmm. island, it makes sense. It, it really is mm-hmm. a mirror. <laughs> how did you um, How did you know it was time to go? Um, well, there were just kind of a lot of factors. Um, I just started thinking about, well, maybe it would be good to have some financial security. Sure. And I... Wasn't really thinking too much about it, and then uh, I kind of got reverse psychology into at least throwing my hat in the ring for applications, and uh, I just this was one that stood out for me. This is I only applied to like four or five places, and I had a distinct feeling about this one, and I couldn't really tell you why, but I I liked the job at it was kind of quirky. Now, being a like a reporter or journalist, whatever you prefer mm-hmm. to call yourself, is sort of part of it does sort of play into your personal I hate to use the word personal brand but like your personal mm-hmm. character or the image that you're trying to build as a writer right. or a reporter or a journalist or whoever the word is right I I'm bad for stuff like oh, that fine. but when you what goes into the process for you when you're searching for a place to work for do you look at a place and go I like this style mm-hmm. of what they write like I I like their views the way they lean is there is that part of it as well when you're looking around um I just wanted to sort of find something that fit my voice and I thought they and like I said how do you make a job ad quirky I'm not sure (laughs) and I went back I went back and reread it to try to like explain to my father what drew me to this job and then I'm like well it's not reading as quirky as it did when I was in the midst of reading all these other job ads but for some reason that kind of stood out and uh when I went for the interview it's a weekly paper as opposed to a daily so that's going to be a new ball game for me sure I've never done that before um but it was interesting because there was one story on the front page and there was a single sentence in it that I'm like, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be cool. And it was just about a controlled burning on the island, so yeah. kind of mundane. Um, but it was something about you needn't worry about raging pyrotechnics, <laughs> like just pyromaniacs <laughs> ra- roaming the island and burning things at will. And I was like, okay, I li- like okay, you can get away with this. This is kind of cool. Well, there's a fine line I think <laughs> between like. You want your mm-hmm. your reporting and your journalism to be a little more... I want it to sound like a story. I want it to have that right. poetic language to a certain extent. I want people to show that they... like. If you're a writer, right? Yeah. Show me that you're a writer, right? Well, that's don't And I don't know if like sometimes having to cover like mm-hmm. car crash on this thing leads to allowing yourself to have freedom to write stuff. And that's not a knock, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, that's not even something right. you cover necessarily. I'm just saying like... I wonder sometimes if mm-hmm. the stories dictate the ability to write uh, in a different way or to write sort of 
stoically if you have to sometimes. I think it's really dependent on the medium mm-hmm. in which it is. So if it's cop brief, as you're, as you're saying, sure. yeah, if it's yeah, a car example, crash yeah. or a fire, if it's a fire, you might be able to get more into the human element of right. it, but the cop crash is probably yeah. going to be have to be written more like rigidly. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, so it's got a lot of police said, mm-hmm. you know, that's firefighters the, yeah. report, whatever. <laughs> that always struck me as something mm-hmm. that like I would have had a hard time doing if I were like, okay. a reporter. Like I would have... I always wanted to be a sports reporter as a yeah. kid because, like, that seemed like because sports, in a mm-hmm. certain way, sort of lends itself to that sort of poetic language. Oh, like, absolutely. You know what I mean, these sort of like these eleven men on the pitch. <laughs> the great. You know what I mean, it's like there's yeah, this sort no, of yeah, it's, yeah. It's and it's something that I think I didn't really understand until I got into the field because mm-hmm. my dad did um, sports journalism. He got to cover the 1980 Olympics, which, which is, is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as we so say cool. it in yeah. stereo. <laughs> um, but. It's something that I didn't really realize till I started actually mm. working at the paper. How difficult it is! You really only have three types of stories mm-hmm. that you can do. You can do win, loss, tie. That's right. it. So you doing anything to kind of bring that more fleshed mm. out, bring that to life, is really quite amazing. I think to this, you know, I, I go back to this all the time with a lot of different folks. I think mm-hmm. Ray Biggs from UC Radio when yeah. he was and I talked to him. Uh, I loved baseball as a kid mm-hmm. because I loved to listen to baseball on the right. radio. And baseball as a sport, when you watch it on TV, especially now, mm-hmm. as I get older, is very dull. And right. very, like, it's very dry now. It's very dry. And, and very, it's not the kind of funny dry. And the long, and, and the long, the length of the game itself sort mm-hmm. of lends the announcers to have to come up with sort of this. Right, interesting like, yeah, narratives. Yeah, yeah, which I always appreciate. I love listening to baseball and mm-hmm. not so much watching it as I get older. So. I guess there's, I don't know, I would say if you're kind of bored with more of the reality of it, there's a lot of good, more mostly like youth fiction, but there's a lot of good baseball books, which are just kind of about learning it and how, you know, God. spinning these afternoons into evenings where the time just kind of stretches out. It's going to drive Summerlands. There's Summerlands. That's, um, that's magic. Is that Michael Chabon? I'm not sure who the oh, author is, but I just nuts. remember that was a really good baseball kids book that I really loved as like a uh, teenager. I'm so tempted to go run into my library right now and pull. <laughs> There's one that it, mm-hmm. the art of catching. That was okay. one that I read. That's okay. very good. That's a good sort of whimsical mm-hmm. sort of look at like baseball as an American, okay. like as a lifestyle for yeah. American boys in a certain age. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good book. Uh, right, so let me move on. I had a couple questions <laughs> about sure. the uh, the OD. Do you have any particular moments over your last six years that you really, that stand out in your mind, like moments that were important for you or maybe the things you'll look back on the most fondly over those six years? Um, I was pretty proud of uh, getting up my, my powder to try on. I had to put wear, put on a bee suit, which the beekeeper <laughs> called a fear suit. And then it doesn't actually have gloves and I had to be able to write. Oh. So then I had my hands open and he's like, you're going to be fine. Like, it's a coward suit. It's okay. And so me and the photographer are oh. wearing all this crazy oh. gear and there's a picture somewhere. I had to nag the photographer, Mark Diorio, for quite some time to get it. But I'm like, come on. I, like, I need the picture. And it was uh, me with all the bee suit and then bending over the notebook ready. Oh <laughs> down. Notes I, in the field. <laughs> I'm horrified of bees, by the way. Bees are oh, high, yeah. high on my list of things that I do not mess with. Um, yeah, I had some form of sting, stinging. I don't know if it was bee or a wasp or what, but it stung me five or six times underneath my shirt yeah. as like oh, a 12-year-old yeah. in my front yard. Oh, and I'm geez. like, well, I can't just... You know, yeah, disrobe. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Like, so I just got stung six times, and I was, oh, so much pain. <laughs> I, I'm very like antsy about mm-hmm. being, even if I go camping or something. I'm yeah. just like, I'll have a great time. I'll be having a great moment. Like, yeah, go be that <gasps> bee. Oh God! The rest of the trip, like, oh, two hours of bee could still be anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. No pun you, intended. <laughs> uh, what would you say 
you'll miss the most about working at the Observer Dispatch? Oh, I really miss the people. People? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, they're just wonderful. Um, mm. And I think it, it means a lot to me that I got my start there. I didn't have any real experience in the mm-hmm. field other than running the high school newspaper and sure. hearing stories since I was a kid, but that's about <laughs> it. So really, they took a, they took a, you know, leap of faith on with me and uh, I've been able to work my way up and mm. just keep learning. And that's really all I wanted to do. Mm. What would you say, uh, conversely, you're most excited about for, uh, for going to Nantucket and working at the Inquisitor? Um, Inquirer. Inquirer. Okay. I, you know what? <laughs> it's the I, Spanish Inquisition no, no, no. element. <laughs> I was playing Fallout for the last few okay. days. And I, okay. Don't, don't ignore me. Go ahead, please continue. You're fine. Um, I'm really excited about... It seems like they have a big immigrant population, which oh, very good, very close to mm. home, very mm. close to my heart here. Um, and then there's a huge arts community. There's actually yeah. an equity theater and a community slash equity theater. So, mm. and they needed an arts reporter, and I was like, pick me. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to say, have you looked into acting stuff at all already for Nantucket? I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I might be doing reviews for the to other theaters there. Oh, so nice. I don't know if I would be able to participate to try to do the community theater. But um, they didn't say no either, so that's a conversation for when I get there. I don't remember if we got into this mm-hmm. discussion last time when you were on. I, I know we may have. I just saw on my research that you just went to go see Rent. Are you a musicals person or are you a straight plays person? Um, a, I'm a straight plays person. Straight plays but person. I was in Rent in Rome at the Rome Capitol mm-hmm. Theater and that has a very special place in my heart. Um, that and Avenue Q have been like the only musicals that I've done in like the past mm-hmm. six years since I've been back. My sister did uh, Into the Woods yeah, growing up, great show. which was one of the first plays I ever saw. And for mm-hmm. me, that's like the one that I'm like, yeah, yeah. I go back to that one as my... I actually have the, the book of that mm-hmm. floating around the house somewhere. It's one of my few musical theater possessions I have left over. Yeah. I, I love that one. Uh, you have a favorite play for anyone oh. out there, for the folks to look into? Um, well, probably The Importance of Being Earnest. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Wilde. We actually got to do that at Players a few years ago and. uh yeah, uh, two of my friends, they wound up, I kind of gave some advice. I was there for their first kiss, and now they're married. Uh, so see? You're kind of worked out. Well, that was the one time, but I did it well, I think. <laughs> uh, and finally, I guess, uh, where would you like to see going forward from the OD now that you're gone? Like, where would you like, what direction would you like to see things move in now that, you, now that you're moving on? Uh, for the paper? Yeah, um, I in think general. Generally, I think just keep trying to find new stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that I wish we dug into more was... Uh, I think we tend to hit a couple of the same events or a couple of the same churches Mm -hmm. at various times of the year, and I think we need to kind of expand our reach with that Mm. um, just to bring in more voices, and I think I'm hoping that they dig in a little bit with that. Very good. That would be good. Uh, you have not yet changed your Twitter handle, obviously. No. Are you going to keep your Twitter handle? Are you going to change over? People can get a hold of you still if they want to follow you on the internets and such? Um, my name will be the same. My Twitter handle will be yeah. I, mean, I don't know how quite how it works, but the, the actual name, that if you're typing it into search, will still be the same. Sure. So that'll be fine. Um, I will be changing my Twitter handle, though, say, unfortunately, mm, as of probably Wednesday or Thursday. I don't even know how I'm going to have to link this. I'm going to have to change all my links well, on this now. All right, no, we'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. All right. Uh, that's fine. I'm just teasing you. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So I had a couple... I was going to do an exit interview with you yeah. uh, for the city of Utica, uh, like we did when Mara left the show. But i got to be honest... Um, it's not as funny as I'd hope it was going to be. Oh, okay. So we're going to move on to talk about Nantucket for a minute. I All had some right. funny stuff I wanted to discuss with you with Nantucket. Um, so, 10,000 people. Um, kind of more than that. More than that. It's not an accurate judge of the population. Just really? because um, it's 
it's a lot of transient population. Mm. You have a lot of people coming in to do jobs. Yes. And then you have the tourists during mm. the summer, which is what we're going to be going into, which is why they hired me at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So again, this is directly from Wikipedia, mm -hmm. so it's yeah. obviously uh, correct and everything is accurate. <laughs> Um, you can get an increase of at least 50,000. That's, yeah, that's, I would say that's more accurate. Uh, so somewhere, I think, hmm. I feel like it kind of sits most of the time probably higher than 10,000. Um, yeah. but I'm not sure where, and there were a lot of numbers thrown at me while I was there and I was more trying to memorize the cultural aspects of the community. So, uh, just when people ask you when mm -hmm. you get there, uh, do you know what Nantucket means? I do not. All right, so it's adapted from Algonquin, mm. uh, and it means faraway land or island. Well, so, that is accurate. So there you go. So if people <laughs> ask, you can just, no, I got this. I'm yeah. Uh, also, the National Park Services uh, designated it a National Historic Landmark in 1966, quote, the finest surviving architectural and environmental example of late 18th and early 19th century New England seaport town. Sure. It's going to be very nice. It's very beautiful. Uh, you ever gone to Maine? Uh, no. I went to Algonquit, Maine, and that was the first time, mm -hmm. a, a couple summers ago, that was the first time I ever did, like, quote-unquote, like, the New England thing. It's, like, right okay. at the bottom of Maine. And yeah. I was, uh, I gotta be honest, I was a little cynical. I spent so mm. much time in New York City and being, like, You're a New like York guy where I'm just like, yeah, New England, hey, yeah. It's it, it's it, was, it was very beautiful. <laughs> I very much enjoyed myself. Is there anything particular mm -hmm. uh, you're excited to see while you're down there? Because I'm going to pull up some, I have some interesting pop culture stuff here for okay. you, too. I was told by the publisher of the new newspaper that uh, the best place to eat the best bar. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so I have some things to check out. There's also a brewery, so those are the three probably uh, hot spots that I'll be looking into. Have you ever seen the classic 1986 comedy movie One Crazy Summer with no. um, John, John Cusack? Hmm. Oh, well, no, I didn't, but that would be great. That is set, <laughs> that is set in Nantucket and filmed in Cape Cod. Have you All ever right. seen the classic 1990 sitcom Wings? I was told this was in a, the limerick that my cousin wrote for me. Yes. Because she's awesome. <laughs> yes, Wings. And also, uh, here's one for you. You're more of a classics person, I would mm -hmm. imagine. Uh, Herman Melville's classic Moby Dick. Yes. Uh, Ishmael, he starts his voyage in Nantucket. As he should. So there you go. A lot of good <laughs> stuff here for you. All right. Um, so last time you were on the show, that's enough Nantucket questions. Okay. Uh, last time you were on the show, we played our lightning round questions. Uh, mm -hmm. So I can't do the lightning round questions with you this time. Alas. Alas. So, uh, I've concocted what is generally considered our second round questions, which mm -hmm. we only do with uh, people who've been on the show more than once. Speaking of which, I forgot to give you your trophy. Congratulations. Oh, you. you are now uh, a member <laughs> of the Uticast Two-Timers Club. Uh, wear it proudly. Uh, there are only so many two-timers in this city, and <laughs> let me tell you, it's a proud group. <laughs> I love it. I'm in the winner's circle with the Corvette. Hot Wheels cover? Yeah, we've, yeah, we've like debated over the years of taking the <laughs> Hot Wheels label off, but... Uh, it kind of works. <laughs> uh, Adirondack Scenic Railroad manager mm. Mark Piersma told me that he liked it better with the Winner's Cup on yeah. there, so I stuck with it over the years. Because so. it, it makes you feel special. It makes you feel like a winner. Hot Wheels are amazing. <laughs> All right, so I got a couple new lightning round questions for you, but I'm actually going to start with... Uh, these are some questions I stole from an interview I read about Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. And these are some questions that we ask... Uh, some of our more high-level intellectuals. So here you are. You ready for this? Incidentally, Neil deGrasse Tyson was the brother of one of my college professors. I have a weird fascination with him. It's oh, just... Awesome. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, love, I love the family. <laughs> They're good people. So, okay, so Carrie Bostick, mm -hmm. what is the first piece of media you consume every morning? Oh, dear. Um... Probably, unfortunately, social media. <laughs> you, you Twitter person, Facebook particularly? Um, I think or? I would hit up Facebook first because mm. uh, I think that's that's more, I'd rather know what my friends are doing and then yeah. kind of delve into the world as it were. Reddit is actually sadly where I tend to go first nowadays mm -hmm. when I want to like mm. hit my in the morning. Um, 
especially I used to be I hate to say it because it's kind of got a negative connotation I was mm-hmm. a big Gawker media guy I loved Gawker I loved Deadspin yeah. I loved that stuff and when Gawker got shut down that was a rough right. one for me I was very sad uh, I don't think that they did everything mm-hmm. as ethically as they could have I'm not yeah. sitting here defending everything <laughs> that Gawker did I'm just saying as a general I defended their that. right to say things sort of right. I, I don't know that's a different conversation there were, th- there were aspects that you appreciated I'll say that Reddit filled in the gaps there you go. that Gawker, <laughs> that I lost with Gawker, okay. right? So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, who is a writer or publication you disagree with but still read? Ooh. This could be, oh, that's so open-ended. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess Charles Krauthammer is a opinion columnist mm-hmm. and very right-leaning. Ah. Um, and I still... I will defend his right to say it. That's actually apparently not Voltaire after all that. It's not. It was actually a biographer of Voltaire, but it's misattributed to Voltaire. It's this whole thing. But, um, sorry, sorry. I <laughs> just recently big, learned it. No, well, he needed was a big <laughs> high school book for me. It's like, yeah. yes, I love, I'm, anyway. Okay, wait, but, um, I think that was actually, I've only written in, this is way before I started working at the newspaper, but I was so incensed by a column that he wrote mm-hmm. that I wrote in to the letters to the editor and was like, basically, you want us to invade Iran to fix their election. Well, that same logic could have been applied to our election in 2000 yeah. when we didn't know our head from our ass. Mm. And so would we have been better off if a foreign country had invaded us, meddled on our affairs, turned it into a military state, and then we left? Mm. So... He does a very good job of provoking <laughs> yeah. an argument one way or the other. So I, I really appreciate that. He's a very oh. smart man, but... Uh, I, I hate to tie everything back to wrestling like yes. I always do, but mm-hmm. that's like a wrestling mentality. Yeah. It's like whether people boo right. or whether they cheer... You're getting... A, you're eliciting yeah, a response. people are engaged and they're reacting, yeah. and that's like... A, that's the Ric Flair mentality. We talk about... Yeah. Wrestling teaches you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is the person who has most influenced the way that you think? Um... I would say probably Lynn Michelini. Lynn Michelini. Isn't she awesome? She, well, she's like my fake grandmother. So <laughs> it, it's, I call her my Merlin. Hmm. Um, basically, she kind of brought me into the arts and really gave me kind of the tools to kind of look at the world a little differently. Hmm. And that's something that I always thank her for. I'd love to get her back on the show. I only interviewed yeah. her on the panel. I never had her on the oh, show okay. uh, last, the first panel. Mm-hmm. And she's just, she can light up a room. She's very, yeah. very, She's a great person. She's dynamic. <laughs> um, what was the last time you changed your mind about something? Oh, constantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I tend to be, uh, I'll put it this way. In my family, I'm known as the corrector since uh, I was okay. four years old. Yeah. But, but everyone makes a lot of mistakes, and I do try to admit that I'm wrong when I'm clearly wrong, when I find out later that I'm disproven that it's not the case. <laughs> Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let me see. I, let me see what else I want to do here for you. All right. Last one. Okay. Mm-hmm. What book have you recommended the most to your friends and family? Ooh. Um, I think that would probably be The Magic or, uh, The Thief by Megan Whalen Turner. Thief by Megan Whalen Turner. Yes. I'm write that one down. It's fabulous. Mm. And it's actually youth fiction, but it's, it's such a good series that every time I go back and read it, 
I'm like, am I rediscovering the political intrigue, or was this there and I forgot about it the last time? You and Katie Riley, mm-hmm. uh, you make me laugh because I like how you snuck in there that it was like a young. You, you had to get the whole thing about the book out first <laughs> and then sneak it in like you were embarrassed to admit. But it's okay. You can no, I love you. <laughs> I, 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 I like how you wait until like the fourth sentence to th- like, oh, here's the title and the author. Here's the it's young adult fiction. Anyway, I'm gonna throw it. Like, <laughs> it's so good though. Uh, it doesn't feel that it could feel at whatever level. Hmm. I, I go back to it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, mm-hmm. these are some autonomy questions. Two of sure. my favorite things in the world, game shows and cereal. Mm-hmm. We'll start with game show. You have full autonomy. If you could go on any game show, uh, mm-hmm. adult game show, kids game show, from the past, present, or future, which one would you go on? Double Dare. Double Dare? Not a question. Really? Or Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm, Probably. Eh. That's one that... Uh, that's yeah. One. Yeah. Let's, let's go with Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple <laughs> is one that I still will occasionally put mm-hmm. on... YouTube oh, okay. and watch once in a while. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm also a big fan of Guts. Guts yeah. was all, I just wanted to climb the mountain at the end. It well, there like you go. You just don't want to get all the green mm. gak. <laughs> uh, let me... I, I would... Uh, listen, I'm the guy who would do it for everyone else's sake. It would okay. be It would be all funny right. for everyone Sacrifice else to watch the me team. get the gag. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I would take it willingly. Okay. It's okay. Uh, same question, but about cereal. You are walking down the cereal aisle in the world's fantasy uh, grocery store. Every type of cereal available. What is your cereal of choice? Um, either Frosted Flakes or Cocoa Puffs. All the cereals <laughs> in the world, and those are the two you've gone yeah. with? I see. Yeah. Okay. No, what are your thoughts? See, my problem with Frosted mm-hmm. Flakes has always been uh, the amount of time between when you pour the milk on mm-hmm. and the amount of time when they are unedibly soggy is too short. There's a very small window mm-hmm. for me. Not that I'm sitting there with like right. a bowl of cereal for 20 minutes just holding it in my hand or anything. <laughs> I feel like Maybe Frost- there should be like a gradual milk pouring. I don't know. Yeah, I don't then know. if you're like only going to the bottom level and then like we got cri- working your way down. We got Crispix in here in the house right now. And I swear, like you could mm-hmm. pour milk on it, take a walk down the street, come back. It's still all right. All right. I'm just well, saying. We like, all have different standards. Not the defining factor <laughs> of a cereal, I'm sure. Uh, your birthday was just recently. Again, happy yes. uh, belated birthday. Uh Usually this is where we discuss whether you're a cake or pie person. What kind of mm. cake or pie did you have for your birthday? I had a yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Yellow cake, chocolate frosting. It's very, yeah. very mainstream. Tasty. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, for me, it's I used to do chocolate on chocolate on chocolate. Okay. So See, uh, this is me growing up. I feel like my tastes have matured. Mm. So my so mother prefer, makes a very good cake. So you prefer cake to pie is what we're saying here. Um, Unless it's Toll House Pie. In which case, that wins. Now, Toll House Pie is the chocolate chip cookie type yes. pie? Okay, all right. Oh, I, my I, God, yes. Right. And it's got walnuts, and the walnuts basically melt into the chocolate, mm. and it's the best thing in the world. Okay, I'm into that. All right, yeah. this is our skepticism scale. I'm going to read you a couple things that people may or may not be skeptical about, and we're going to gauge what kind of skeptic you are. Do you believe in the Loch Ness Monster? Nessie? Um, no, but I like some Scottish actors that do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about Bigfoot? What are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Um... I don't really have any thoughts. Uh, we would tease John Pitteresi, <laughs> the sports reporter, about his fondness for Bigfoot stories in the Adirondacks and sightings mm. in the Adirondacks. Okay, so you don't mm. believe that Bigfoot exists? So. No. No belief in Bigfoot? No be- <laughs> okay, so not cynical. So cynical enough to not believe in Bigfoot. How about aliens? Um, I think it would be kind of arrogant to not allow for the mm. possibility of it. Um, yep. So. Okay. So that this seems to be, when I've done this question in the mm-hmm. past, this seems to be the line. People don't tend to believe in Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot, right. but aliens tends to be the cutting point. What about ghosts? Um, I don't think so. I don't believe in ghosts, I but I like, this is my thing. I'm a theater yeah. girl. So mm. when I walk into a, a theater, whether it's for the first time or the 50th, mm. 
you get kind of a residual feeling of what what has transpired mm. there. You're having comedies, you're having dramas, you're having all these emotions running rampant and being performed in front of audiences, which is like a tightrope mm. act. And I think for me, that's kind of what I believe in. And I think people people are more empathetic than I think we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And so there's that feeling that you kind of tap into, that you get that vibe. Mm. And I think that can be attributed one way or the other. But that's kind of what I think of not ghosts, but mm. I believe in that. I think I like the idea mm-hmm. of believing in ghosts. But I've always talked about this. I think my weird sort of like I'm into like science and evolution and nature and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if that all ties into also believing in ghosts. Okay. But I don't necessarily know if... I don't know if I have to believe in anything. I, I yeah. can believe in both, I suppose. I don't know. It's, that's Ghosts and aliens also <laughs> throws people off. That's why... Mm-hmm. Right. So there you go. Yeah. Good job with the cynicism scale. Very nice. Yeah. Um, we asked this one last time, but it changes because it's more topical. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I am reading Welcome to Night Vale, <laughs> which is based on the, the podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's kind of interesting. I just kind of look at the mm-hmm. whole... Podcast and book is kind of if Garrison Keeler and a Prairie Home Companion were transported into an alternate dimension where there's all this bizarro land stuff. <laughs> um, because that's very much it's small town vibe, but there's blood oaths going on. Yeah. There's these mysterious figures, government shadowy figures. And, Are you a Lovecraft uh, person? Um, HP Lovecraft person? I, I haven't actually delved in firsthand with it. Mm. I do enjoy many things indirectly associated with Lovecraft, though. I watched a documentary on H.P. Lovecraft mm-hmm. not too long ago, and I was really fascinated by him, and I went up and bought At the Mouth of Madness, mm-hmm. and I started reading it, and it's <laughs> absolutely brutal. Okay. It's it's old English in a mm-hmm. way that is so frustrating to read, oh. where it's like, it will be 47 mm-hmm. words to say... A sentence. The moon <laughs> is bright. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, it'll be yeah. like, the gibbous... Spiritual moon rises over the bristling town. Of it's like it's dark yeah. out and the moon is up. It's like oh god, oh, and, and it's it's not that it's bad. It's just it's harder to get. It's through just it, dated yeah. in a way that doesn't hmm. transfer over to modern reading sensibilities. Is it kind of like Beowulf, where you would kind of need to read it out loud? I feel like you'd be better off reading it out loud. So that and would be maybe the way to go for you. I'm also bad with stuff like this because. Kevin, uh, the co-host of the show, mm-hmm. and I argue about Bram Stoker's Dracula all the time okay. because he loves it and I can't stand it because I've, I've never enjoyed the way it was. Mm-hmm. I just broken didn't, up and yeah. I, I like stuff like that normally when things are broken up. I just didn't like right. that. And it was thinks, just kind of peculiar the journal entries and everything. He just thinks I don't get it. I think oh. is my, well, they just actually had a production of it at Utica College. I know. I was very. I saw it was all <laughs> over the walls when I was doing grad school and ignoring everything else that was going on. So, um, I did. I need to pick a song for you to go out on. Mm. This is your last your last appearance on the show, at least for mm. the extended future. We did. I don't remember what you picked for a song last time. Uh, last time it we was did the scenario, the song for Rested Development, the final countdown. The final countdown, yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you don't know of a song mm-hmm. you want to play in the way out, I can find something for you. I can come up with something. I'm quite a curator of music. But if you have a song you'd like to go out on, what do you got for us? It was one that I was actually trying to. Uh, tell Katie Riley about oh. its existence, and uh, I never—I don't think I ever sent her the link or anything. Okay. I was like, "This needs to be the song for Utica," and it's "Renegade." Um, <laughs> Renegade. Yeah, by the ex ambassadors, I believe. Ex ambassadors um, or ex ambassador, something like that. I'm gonna and, have to look uh, it up. But it's—it's it's really looking to the future, 
Um, it's it's our time to make a move. It's mm. our time to make amends. It's our mm. time to break the rules. Mm. So let's begin. Right, and that's that's how I feel about Utica. Carrie, uh, it's been a real pleasure uh, having you uh, on the show and having you in the city writing. I uh, very much enjoyed your work. Uh, there will be indeed a large hole for them to fill mm. now that you're gone. Uh, your last day is next week. Congratulations on everything. Uh, much success in the future. Um, yeah. Thanks again. Uh, it's, a, it's always a pleasure. You're going to enjoy it. I'm going to hook you up with my friend Dana, who lives out there. I used okay. to do a podcast with him. Nice. He'll let you show you all the good spots. <laughs> Dana, Sounds great. I'll give you a call after this. Folks, <laughs> I'm back in just a minute. Run away with me. Lost souls of every. Again, uh, and for the last time on the Uticast, the foreseeable future, uh, Carrie Bostic. Thanks for being on twice. Thanks for actually taking the trophy home. Thanks for actually trying and caring. Yeah, thanks for being an awesome part of the city. Good yeah, luck yeah. Talk it. Yeah, have fun up there. Yeah, it's gonna be over there. I've had a lot of like people at the OD <laughs> over there on the on that side, wherever that is, over there. <laughs> have fun in that place. It's that place a, over there. Long day. Uh, it You're has just been out that way. No. <laughs> You're just <laughs> there. <I didn't> drive. <laughs> Smart. Okay, uh, I need to pull up my my stories here for a second, but it's time for the history lessons, guys. Are you ready for some history lessons? No? Hasn't Heather been through enough today? She's had a long day. <laughs> well, listen, Heather's got some good stuff coming up because uh, Mother's Day is coming this, up this weekend. The inaugural Mother's weekend. Day. It, yeah, is right. that this weekend? It is. Interesting. Uh, on 19, in 1914 was the inaugural Mother's Day. Uh, I don't have any history of this. I just have to ask you... Uh, What's Zach getting you for Mother's Day? I asked him that. He's like, people who want presents shouldn't ask for presents. <laughs> <laughs> that was the answer. So. He's not wrong. I, <laughs> That's true. Probably shouldn't just be out there willy-nilly asking for gifts all the time, I, I suppose. <laughs> it's not a great look. I know. It's not looking good for me. So. <laughs> Miss 100% so. of the shots you don't take. <laughs> That's a fair point. He's not wrong. Um, I did order my mom a Mother's Day gift this year. Uh on the internet because I am notorious for forgetting birthdays and Mother's Day. So the first, and I've been seeing ads all over the place. So I tried to get out on this early this year. I'm the worst with birthdays, Mother's Day, holidays. I don't remember anyone. I, don't, I have no idea when Kevin's birthday is. I've been friends for I'm the same way. With September? No. I, I don't know. Sure. June? False. No. I don't know. It's, is it soon? Do I have time to figure it out? <laughs> It's not like today, is it? I'll feel bad. No, it's not. It's not that. And it's also not January 10th either. See, there you go. I don't remember people's birthdays. I'm terrible with birthdays. I could guess your birthday and probably get it faster than I know. January 11th. Nope. That was worth a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. All right. um, 
I am going to go in order today. Uh, on this day in 1950, L. Ron Hubbard published his book, Dianetics. Do you remember this book? Anyone remember this? No. Uh, they were sold on late night infomercials, and I remember this kid that I used to hang out with named Al Goodhines when I was in sixth grade. His mom had it, and I thought it was weird. Yeah, Dian- anything you don't know? <laughs> Lots of stuff. Is there anything? Well, Tons of things I don't trivia know. with you or something. Well, all I remember with Dianetics was there was a commercial I remember seeing on TV for this book with a volcano on the cover, and the volcano would explode, and it yes. would be like, Dianetics. Great cover. By L. Ron Hubbard. Unleash and I used the inner power. Yeah, yeah. It, it was some crazy commercial, and as a kid, <laughs> I remember what? seeing this and my and being like, Mom, what's this book? And she's like, don't worry about it. It's nothing. What was it? <laughs> it's Scientology. Yeah. Oh, oh. So L. Ron Hubbard uh, was, uh, it was three years later in 1953 that he revamped Dianetics into what, and introduced it as what we now consider to be Scientology, but Dianetics was the first step into what would become Scientology. Elron Hubbard was a science fiction writer at the time, by this, a prolific science fiction writer before this happened, so just keep that in mind. Something to... Something to keep under your hat here. Uh, Today we're going to do something... Oh, we're going to do something different. Um, 1970. Here's a sports one, Heather. You can. You want to sit out on this one? I can still listen. What an assumption to make. She doesn't like when I talk about sports. I never said I didn't like it. You give me the dirty look when I don't talk about it. No, I can see me. I'm like, okay. I can see you. On this day in 1970... Still real to me, damn it. uh, On this day in 1970, in the NBA Finals, my New York Knicks defeated Kevin's... Los Angeles Lakers in Game 7, following 36 points and 19 assists from Walt Clyde Frazier. Why am I bringing this up? Because the Knicks are hot trash, and we didn't... Does that feel sad to you? It does feel like sad. Like you're going back to 1970 <laughs> oh, to get one over on me as a Knicks Aww. fan? I, I don't have much to hang on to anymore in the Dolan era. This is all I have, these small moments of... <laughs> you guys, they'll never be back either. No, it's all trash. Never be back. All right, so today... We're going to do something special for the history lessons because I know you guys don't like them. In, oh, interactive history lessons. Yeah, yeah. So so in school, in school, when kids get bored with my history lessons, I have to use what's called, and it happens all the time, you get what's called differentiated instruction, which is providing content in a new or interesting way, thus providing them a new way of learning. So we're going to talk about uh, 1975. On this day in 1975, the theme song from the show, Welcome Back, Cotter, became the number one song in America. That's a theme song from a television show that became the number one song in America. And I'm trying to think of what kind of state the world was in where a theme what song... Where were we in? 1975. I'm not exactly sure what, what the rest of the... the so I decided I'd play a bit of the song for the people who don't know it. Here's the track. You guys ready for it? What? Welcome. This is the song. Number one song in America, 1975. Welcome back. It's kind of a good song. Yeah, it's very much the... It doesn't sound like a theme song. It just... Well, it's the chorus. It's... When they get to the chorus, it'll be probably the theme song. Yeah. I think it's... Oh, is it... I got an interesting story about this. I will get to the chorus, and then we'll go from there. It was a good track. You ever watched Welcome Back, Connor? No. It's not a great show. John Travolta, though. Young John Travolta. There we go. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so that was number one song in America. <laughs> Alright, so, yeah. Number one song in America. What was crazy about this, it, uh, I wrote an article about this once for my terrible blog, because I was doing TV theme songs, and um, what happened is a CBS... <laughs> I, I did. Just stop talking. 
<laughs> a TBS, a, a, T, a CBS studio executive. No breaks. Loved the song, loved the band, The Loving Spoonful, right? He just loved the band. So when the show Welcome Back Cotter was looking for a theme song, he just went out and hired one of the guys from The Loving Spoonful and said, write a theme song that sounds like you guys. And they did, and it became the guy's number one hit. It makes sense that it could be number one, because like if you remember back in the 90s, the song from Friends... That was a huge hit for it probably hit oh, number yeah. one oh, for yeah. a week or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that I'm happens. To... There's iconic theme songs. Well, we're past. Like, what what would it take now for like a theme song to get over like that nowadays? There's too many streams of media, right? Like too many shows, too many theme uh, songs. People have shortened theme songs and credits mm. so that they can like they so they can pack in more advertisements. Think about most places. Like even you look at The Office. Like they had the long song, which was the music thing. But like after a season or two, they just shorten it to a quick little intro. And they'll drop credits over the intro scenes as opposed to doing credits like in this big introduction style. But this is like, this was not like even like a huge, it was a big show, but it wasn't like, the, this would be like the equivalent of like the Parks and Rec theme song becoming like a top 10 Billboard single. Just a weird time in America when there's not as much content out there, I feel like, right? When a song on TV can be like the number one song in America and not like a song produced by yeah, a rock like and roll artist. I don't see it as much anymore. But- I think he's on something like I just don't know what There's you would have to do to get a television or web series theme song on the Billboard Top 10 charts. I feel like people have moved away from using songs. Yeah. They've, uh, they've started using things that are specifically written for time and length for an intro is kind of what it is. You know right, I mean? right. Yeah. People have like their own music that's more like a wrestling theme where it's just like a little tune and rhythm as opposed mm-hmm. to some guy's song that you cut down for your minute and a half credit sequence. That's fair. Uh, all right, so I got a couple outrageous stories for you folks. This is actually... Um, Man, this is one of the best stories I've heard in a long time, okay? Uh, not best, but it's just, it's just, I, this kid is my spirit animal, okay? Uh, spirit animal. Yeah, huh? yeah. This is, this is a real prank. We're going to talk about fake pranks in a second, but this is a real prank. A, uh, two students walked into an art exhibit and left a pineapple in the exhibit, hoping that someone would mistake it for a piece of art. Lo and behold, they did. No. <laughs> <laughs> to see, uh, a student, who, uh, Ruari Gray uh, and Lloyd Jack, left the fruit at a Look Again exhibit uh, at, a, at a university in England they go to, uh, hoping it would be mistaken for art. Then returned four days later, they found the pineapple had been put inside its own glass display case at the event. Oh, it is in a case. Gray, 22, said, I saw the empty art display and decided to see how long it would stay there for people to believe that it was art. I came by later, and what do you know? They put it in <laughs> I just think that trolling uh, pretentious art types is one of the funniest things in the world. Like, maybe that makes me a bad person. I think there are people standing around it, too. But that's what I mean. I'm sure that there was someone like, oh, what is this? What does this represent? No, what does this mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a, a tropical I'm, fruit. <laughs> it's, I want to eat it. It's groceries. And I also groceries. like. I also like that two like young kids got one over on like a bunch of I snooty. I, I just think that's amazing. No, that's to me. Funny. The kids are smart. <laughs> kids are never like these that. young internet raised kids are very smart. They're all different breed. <laughs> uh, now we're going to talk about some bad pranks. Have you heard this story yet? This is a great story. Um, Father and stepmother, they were a YouTube uh, celebrity oh, couple. They lost custody of two of their five children because of their YouTube prank video channel. Did you watch those videos? I, I've watched a couple of them. Uh, a few of their pranks included the father bought a fake Xbox to smash in front of his son so his son would think it was his real Xbox. <laughs> like, no, go ahead and finish your thing. No, no, was, they poured it was invisible, invisible ink. ink all over... The room and made them like think that they had did like yelled like they had ruined everything in the room. 
And it's not, and it's funny. Yes, I know, but it's when you the, watch how emotional they get, these kids, it's they had the one kid believing he was adopted, and yeah. his new parents yeah. were coming to pick him up. Yeah, they. No, I know. It's so. It is. It sounds funny, but it's terrible to watch. The kids are like crying and. It just makes you wonder, like, man, you see these people on YouTube, and I get, like, especially the adopted one. Like, I know a lot of people, parents used to adopt. Oh, yeah, you were adopted. Yeah, coming. (laughs) But, like, it just makes you wonder, are these people doing it specifically for YouTube and for clicks, which is a big part of it? They were getting money from it. Like, but how many of these people have just been (laughs) acting this way that nobody's ever known about before YouTube? Would they have continued to be shitty parents if the internet did not exist to present it? They would have been shitty (laughs) in another way. But they were getting like three hundred thousand, like annually three hundred thousand dollars for like their videos. So Pay they for were, those therapist bills. Oh my! Well, they don't have two of their kids. How anymore. many? How many YouTube views would you need to be guaranteed to pull a, a mean prank on your husband? None. I wouldn't do that. How mean though? Like yeah, a, like how a pretty mean? good. <laughs> I mean, or, like you scared him really bad. Like no, I wouldn't put him in a situation like not how many. Not scared him like scared him with like real life things that could actually happen, but scared him like with like did, a witch or a ghost. Like a jump scare. Like what's he scared of? Snakes? Something? Something I like know. I mean, nothing. Nothing where you're hurting his emotional feelings. Something where you're. I, I don't know. I, I I just want you to pull a prank on your husband. Oh, wow. <laughs> we should we should be pulling more pranks on Justin. We should be pulling more pranks. That would be on no Justin. fun. You have to pull a prank on. Mm-hmm. You just be like, man. We've talked. Yeah. About, we've been it's attempting. So we thought about pulling a prank on uh, our GFOP slash boss, maybe you and Katie Riley, while she's on vacation this week. But we decided against it because she works hard enough when yeah. she's here. She's got enough problems. <laughs> she's got enough problems. Um, all right. So here's a here's another good one here for you. Uh, this is this is another real news story. Uh, at the FDA headquarters, uh, the TVs have been turned via mandate to Fox News, and they are not allowed to change them. This is from a real email that's going on at the FDA. They're only allowed to watch Fox News. Wait, who's only allowed to watch Fox News? Employees of the FDA. FDA. All the TVs Propaganda the TV. Propaganda television. <laughs> uh, so they gave, they got an email. Why? for the re- Oh, there's an email. Do you want me to read it for you? Can you just give me the... Uh, good morning, researchers. Please excuse me for sending this out to our entire group via the uh, email server. I was alerted by a member of your group, and I wanted to let everyone know that there was a reason for the change from CNN to Fox. The reason for the change is that a decision from the current administration uh, has requested that all monitors under our control under uh, display Fox News. Sorry for the inconvenience, but I am unable to change any monitors to any other news source at this time. Yeah, Mandated television. Because they're going to get money. <laughs> to be fair, uh, CNN has clearly been pointed out by our president as being fake news. So you can't be promoting CNN here in these in these businesses, obviously. Am I wrong? No? 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 I have something they can tell you. <laughs> they used to actually play uh, Fox News on the TV that no one could access at my my job in the insurance company when I was working there. No, they play yeah. it damn near everywhere. It's like you go into places where they're TVs always, yeah. are around this, like... Backwoods area that we live in a lot of places that you yeah, know. Fox. That's true. What is that? Parents' Fox News is on. Mm-hmm. Where's Where's the worst place to have to see like Fox News at like at the break room at work or like at the gym if you're on the treadmill? <laughs> Bizarre places. Um, I, well, I'm trying to think of places where you're trapped be, watching TV against your will. Do you I, mean? I've got a phone now. I'm, I I'm, think it's I'm when I'm at my in-laws' house and I'm on the couch and there's nothing to do and I'm the TV's the only thing there and I'm stuck watching Fox TV. Fox I got not directly related, but I remember uh, one of the most recent times, I think, Sam, when we went down for that wedding in Fort Lauderdale a couple years oh, ago with a bunch of our buddies yes. for our friend Pat's wedding. Yes. Um, when I was coming back, I was sitting in Atlanta for a pretty good layover, so mm-hmm. I went to the bar, I got a drink, yep. I'm hanging out, and they've got TVs on, they've got CNN on the TVs, 
And I was sitting there watching, and it was wall-to-wall coverage about the disappeared Malaysian flight. Yes. And I'm just sitting there, and yes. I'm having, like, I was having, you know, some whiskey with some ice cubes, and I'm hanging out. I'm just waiting to get on my flight. It's been a long trip. had a great time. I just want to get home, and I'm just looking. Getting ready to get on this plane, and they're like, yeah, plane disappeared out of nowhere. Nobody wears it as, as if God's hand came from the sky and snatched it in another realm. I'm like, well, I guess I'll make the next one a double. Well, since I'm now flying in defiance of God's will in a metal tube, I might as well have two of these whiskeys, please, sir. Uh, two of your finest. Uh, I'll, I see you, uh, Malaysia Air, and I raise you. Uh, I got stuck in a Jacksonville airport. Uh, you win. <laughs> uh, for two hours on a delay while my family had already left to go back to not New York City. Uh, and as I waited for my flight, I sat at the bar drinking whiskey, of course. And what was on? Two hours of Fox News covering the brand new Casey Anthony trial of her with the baby. You remember that one? Yeah. Uh, and I didn't care about that at all. The first, I'm sitting there with that whiskey at the, you know, this is right when my plane gets canceled. I'm sitting there with the whiskey. I'm like, this is the worst. And then like an hour and a half in, I'm just like, she did it. <laughs> she totally did it. She's, you guys watching this? She did this. She's a piece of crap. And I got to tell you, my, I, I, I hate to throw him under the bus. My stepdad loves CNN. When I go to the house, CNN is on all the time. It could be worse. I'm a Chris Cuomo fan. It could so. be worse, but I just... I feel like it makes him angry. It's like it it's does. it's like that's what it's made for. All television news is made to make you angry and impatient. We had to actually turn it off in the morning because you yeah. would, my whole day would start out so tense. He's a sixty-year-old yeah. man. It's kind of dangerous for him. Shouldn't be getting all riled up from TV like this every day. There's a really good documentary. It might still be available on um, Amazon. I'm not sure yeah. if it is or not. It's called The Brainwashing of My Dad. And this girl does a documentary about, she's, you know, filmmaker, whatever. She does a documentary about her father who's in, like, his 60s, and he starts watching Fox News. And, like, it's about how he changed from, like, she used to be, like, a rational. He was a veteran. Like, he thought this way. He never got so angry. And she documents him and talks about it through the years, and he gets angrier and angrier and seemingly more paranoid and the more he watches, the more he parrots. And, like, it sort of ruins who he is in the relationships. And it's one of those things, if you watch it, you honestly look at, like, different people you know in your life and people you've seen. It's a real thing. It's a really interesting documentary if anybody wants to see it. You should. Everybody should see it. I'm, actually I thought glad, it was great. I'm glad we got into this because a lot of conversation. I listen to a lot of sports media, like a lot of podcasts and stuff. And one of the big conversations that's been going on now is that political television has copied the model of sports television in some way or another where it becomes 100%. more about yeah. debate and theater and watching two people argue than it is actually reporting. 150%. Yeah. So there is sort of a connection. And then it's funny to see ESPN just fire 100 people like in a big, like, you know, salary clearing dump uh, when everyone's sort of co-opting this, you know, embrace debate mentality that ESPN pushed for the last like five yeah. to ten years. So I don't know. It's an interesting concept. There's a lot of... I won't get into that well, too it much. Tends to, I feel like it tends to affect older people a lot more because yes. they were raised in a in a different time. Like, a lot of the tactics that, that are being done with the media, the things that, you know, maybe somebody younger might think about or understanding they'll have because of the internet and because of different things. You know, older folks, our parents' generation, aren't used to having to think about, well, what's the angle that this story is being presented to me from mm-hmm. this company and who yeah. are they owned by and, like... It's yes. people grew up learning to trust the news. You grow up with Walter Cronkite, you're not going to trust it when you see the TV newsman, but at the end of the day, it's all kind of been co-opted. Yeah. The more access you have to knowledge, the more inherently cynical you become. And when this And when the and when the stream of knowledge becomes accelerated, right? When when suddenly your stream your knowledge database isn't television encyclopedias, it's the internet and Facebook and social media. Uh, people become much more cynical much earlier. I say that to my kids all the time. I'm like, you are way, way too young to be this cynical. But it makes total sense they because... They said it about us, too. Yeah. 
yeah, no shit, they did, and they were right. I feel like they have been though forever. <laughs> like you, but they just have they have more access to information now than we had. So Wait till Kaz like, is nine talking to you about politics. You're gonna be like, you're too young to be know about this, but he'll know about it. They're gonna know. <laughs> Viva la revolution! Eat your carrots. Speaking of eat your carrots, it's time once again to bring the mood down. Burn this list. And burn- <laughs> Hashtag burn the list trending now on your cast Twitter. So let's get into a couple more terrible first date questions. Uh, Here we go. How did you spend your day? (laughs) That's a (laughs) real. That's not a date question. That's something you say to a person you know when you see them. How did you spend your day? No, you don't ever feel like how was your day or would you do today? That's something I ever say. So how did you spend your day? (laughs) Excuse me, pod person. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do with my friend? Would you go on a cross-country road trip? In my trunk, apparently. <laughs> Dear Lord, that's a horrible thing to say to somebody. Dear you said God. that because I was going to say it. Well, <laughs> now, worse these questions were actual, like... Like advice, like these are advice like, questions. I look, I have terrible. Allegedly, I think he made this list and he's know. field tested. Oh no, I have sources on this. How did they is from, write that and put that in online and say this is? Uh, this is from Gentleman's Quarterly's website, so yeah. it's obviously well uh, vetted and peer reviewed. Sounds so. like a website that ranks strip clubs. Yeah, well, <laughs> Gentleman's, yeah. Gentleman's Quarterly. Uh, it's a great magazine. Um, all right, so all right, here's a here's a really vague one for you. In a new city. What attraction do you have to visit first? That's a dumb question. I'll tell you why. You have to give the person the city. You can't just say, in a new city. It's different, kid. Or if you're it's in a, or if you've been Oklahoma. to a city and you're like, oh, has that been here? Have you ever been? What do you... Like? It <laughs> makes sense. Like, what attraction do you look for if you visit a new city? You don't go to Oklahoma City, but like, take me to Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't... Uh, yeah, Benihana. Whenever I go to a new city, take me to their Benihana. I want to see what they got. I, I don't think a... cities have those anymore. A couple the, of them do. What's a Benihana? It's like sumo, but from the 80s. Okay. It was like when Hibachi first got popular in the 80s, they were a big chain. I didn't even they know they were. They the name in Hibachi. Oh, yeah. The guy who started Benihana's... uh a rock or something. <laughs> the guy who started <laughs> Benihana's, his son is uh, Steve Aoki, that DJ that throws cakes at people. Asian guy. His dad started Benihana. That's mm. why he's got all that money to like be a DJ. Mm. Oh, that's See? like that's like Ivanka <laughs> Trump's new book. Have you seen that? It's her new book about oh, that's women offensive. about women who work, but you know you she doesn't. About talk. That, Heather? Yeah, you're a woman who works. Ivanka Trump put out oh, a horrible the, book about women who work. And about pregnancy. Um, yeah, too. but it's all like really, really tone deaf, and it's like you don't work at all. Like she used like quotes to compare. I heard the one about pregnancy. How women? She went to work three days after she had a, pre- a baby, so women shouldn't have to go like. They don't have. They don't need three months off from work. Yeah, she's just out there like calling herself brave for being oh, like a rich girl yeah. who it's it's really it's infuriating. You should read. Yeah, it. No, I'm not everything read I've I everything I've read about it is is basically at no point in time does she say anything other than like if you want something work for yeah, it. Yeah, well, if I was given millions and billions yeah. of dollars, I would be. Where it's you so are too. tone deaf. It's insane. She would it's not infuriating. know what real work. She wouldn't know. Number five. Yeah, let's get back to our date. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that's going better <laughs> than the Ivanka yeah. Trump thing. What are five things you want to accomplish before you die? Because it's happening tonight. <laughs> 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 like, Jesus. What are five things you want to accomplish before you die? Uh, to escape this date with my yes. life, uh, to pay the check very quickly, uh, and to get another whiskey. That's three right of them. Back. And I'll figure two more. <laughs> uh, and, and then the. Let's talk about your impending mortality. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite dish to cook? Um, if I... Mm, 
Well, we're at a restaurant. This, I can't believe this is This real. is from this is from GQ's website. Okay. I it's thought it was terrible. It, it's a big list. Like, it's all stuff for, I mean, if you're... This com- is a guy who's sitting in his room. If you're completely socially inept, I guess it gives you an idea of, like, hey, topics of conversation that normal people would talk about <laughs> might be things like this. But, like, if you're that far gone, the list uh. is the least of your concerns. My favorite dish. So, what's your favorite? Hi, my name's so and so. Oh, hi, what's your favorite dish to cook? <laughs> I'll have the white wine. What are you having? Oh, what are five things you want to do before you die, uh, sir? <laughs> uh, Just keeps going. You don't even get the answer. <laughs> what's your dream job? Uber driver, so I can yeah. drive away from you and this experience. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us. Episode ninety-eight. Thank you once again to Carrie Bostic. Uh, again, folks, we are getting close to episode one hundred. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it, SoundCloud, 315 Live. Follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. It's only one Z. I don't know why I said it like that. At underscore Kevin Sullivan at SFDube. Or just follow the show at Uticast. Again, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't think we have a YouTube profile. We should get a YouTube. No, we don't page. do any videos. We do no video content. We should do video. No. Can no. you? Can you have? See, that, do you see? Yeah, that's that's what the problem is. Nice right can you? Now. You're like, yeah, no. let's crank videos, and you're like, oh, I look like a refugee. Like, <laughs> I'm, it, I'm not saying you do. I'm there. Half, the show. I'm there half the time too. Let him end it. He can go. <laughs> Bury this thing. Wait, are you hitting the bar? Don't. I'm... I know. I was gonna. Who's done? I can. We can be over whenever. He's got the power. He'll cut us off. I got the power. It's because he's a dictator. He's mad at power. It's true. Comes out on Tuesday.